Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On today's episode of After the Snap, we'll be interviewing my teammate and Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. We'll also be talking Memorial Day must-haves as well as the latest NIL drama involving Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. It's time for After the Snap. Let's go. Every snap is an interview. After the Snap. What a snap. And keep the mouth shut, 50! I lead by example. With Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! Well, you can take this boy out the real sound, thought but you can't take the real sound out of my voice. And now here we go again, twist a little bit of teeth because you got thick skin. It is Memorial Day week on After the Snap, and while we're all looking forward to some great grilling this weekend, we want to first remember the people who have come before us and died for our country and put their lives on the front line for the United States of America, for the flag that sits behind Reed. For that, we we can never give enough thanks uh, but Reed, I, I, I do want to address Memorial Day and the maybe ranking that it has when it comes to the food side of the holiday. Obviously, it's not all about grilling because there is a bigger reason why we celebrate Memorial Day. But a common way to celebrate and remember those folks is by doing Probably the most American thing that you can do, and that's spend the afternoon in your backyard behind a Traeger or a Loco cooker or a big green egg or a whatever kind of smoker or meat griller that you want to use. Reed, does Memorial Day sit in the top spot for grilling-related holidays? I have to say that it does. As the resident grill master for the After the Snap podcast, I would have to say that Memorial Day is up there with July 4th. I'll say Memorial Day and July 4th are fighting for for the number one spot. Thanksgiving and Christmas are also top underrated, top those tier, are underrated grilling holidays. Top though. tier food holidays. Yeah. Top tier food holidays. Also, you know, not taking away from the true meaning of those specific holidays, like you mentioned, but the food, when we're, when we're talking about the food aspects of those holidays, I would say Memorial day, July 4th are. I think Memorial day is is like the first real, like you start getting into the warm weather. It's the first calendar holiday that comes along that you're like, okay, I'm ready to get outside. I'm ready to throw some, throw a rack of ribs on the grill. No doubt. And then by July fourth, you're already a seasoned vet. Exactly. Yeah. You've got your you've got your rub picked out for the year right. that you that you're That's sticking right. with. You've got to go to by that point. That's what right. are some What are some items that are must haves on the menu for Memorial Day for you? You can do a lot of different things. There's really not 
not like a, you know, like a Thanksgiving or a Christmas. There's a, there's pretty much a set meal that most people eat. I think with Memorial day, you have, there's a lot of flexibility you can spend, you know, cause you have the whole weekend. Yep. You can, if you want to do Memorial day itself on Monday and do burgers and hot dogs on Memorial day and have a couple brews that, you know, that's a little less stress. If you want to spend more time doing a brisket or a pork butt or something along those lines, you could do that throughout the weekend. And then, you know, that's a little more, you know, a little more, you have to pay a little more attention, a little more prep work, kind of the whole, you know, the whole nine yards there. But, uh, I mean, there, there, it's very flexible. I would, uh, you know, personally, I like to be pretty creative with, um, my burgers and the toppings and stuff. So, I'll normally save the more involved things for like a, you know, just a generic weekend day kind of thing, like a Saturday, do a brisket or something. But for Memorial Day, I'll probably enjoy doing uh, burgers or some smoked barbecue bacon. Uh, Chicken is also really good. Erica has a great uh, recipe for that. So, you know, we're going to be on it this weekend. I feel like with the family coming into town, You've got your in-laws, obviously. You've yep. got Big Kev and CC rolling into town, and you've Big got Kev. this hungry stomach. Hungry, hungry hippo. I haven't eaten in two weeks in preparation for <laughs> this weekend. Well, maybe so I do need to do a brisket then. I am, I am rolling in ready to grub. For me, if I think back over, you know, my memory, I think, I think about burgers being like the go-to thing sure. that people throw on the grill. If it's, you know, a, a general, uh, Memorial Day celebration. Um, but I never, ever would turn down a brisket. I, that's, that is for me. There are not many things that I appreciate more than a good bark. On a brisket. Maybe I'll have to give a review next week following the uh, Grills Mafia. My first real Grills Mafia experience. Obviously, you've grilled a ton for me before, but since it has been created, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to let you know my opinions. Another thing that we just wanted to hit before we got into the Josh Allen interview, we have Obviously talked about this at nauseum, I guess for a calendar year now, it seems like, yeah. uh, with, I mean, I think with like over, the, over a year ago, we were yeah. talking, well, a year ago, we yeah, were talking about, it was right about, about this time last year yeah. that they were, that, that Congress was moving, making moves to create the NIL for the collegiate athletes, but yep. it's gone a long way. And now it's all sort of, the NCAA is putting is digging their heels in. Coaches are starting to dig their heels in. It's mayhem, mayhem in college Truly. football and, and ESPN and our podcast loves it because it gives us content to talk about. Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher swapping press conferences to just throw jabs at yes. at each other's haymakers is phenomenal. Talk radio and television. <laughs> Haymakers on each other. I mean, they like 
Jimbo like made an he had like an emergency press conference. Yeah, he pull, he pulled a a full on Dave Portnoy. Yes, to the emergency press to presser. to defend his claim because Nick Saban happened to call him out in a press conference, and I respect it. I mean, if if Nick Absolutely. Saban's going to sit in front of a microphone and say, "Hey, this is what's going on," and you know, who's anybody to to question? what he says because of how long he's been around and you know, whatever I would want to have my fair, fair talking, you know, time as well. So I, I, I respect it, but, but the, I mean, very few times have we seen an emergency press conference like Jimbo Fisher has put together. Nick Saban obviously kind of kicked it off, kicked the whole thing off by talking about a and you know, It's no, it's no surprise to anybody that this is getting brought up again. We've seen, a&M and their recruiting class last year, they've never, they had never had, uh, I think maybe never had a top 10 or a top 15 recruiting class or something, you know, something along those lines. And then I think they were like number one, right? They had a number one recruiting class when all of a sudden you can start, you know, the, these athletes can start earning NIL deals, just a little fishy. So Nick Saban basically just claimed that Takes A&M bought every player on their roster which is a bit outlandish, and obviously he – I mean, who knows if he really believes that. That was the match that started the fire. I don't know why that why he, he thought it was necessary to say that after his questionable – It's been well documented that people think Bama pays players questionable too. Questionable so recruiting I mean, history. Right. But there is no – as of now, there is no evidence to – back up any claims that Alabama's done anything fishy, at least in the NIL world. But it to me, it goes back to talking about, you know, this, the whole like university working with the boosters to set up these LLCs, which we discussed in a couple, I think a couple podcasts ago that that's going to be going away. Mm-hmm. And if it, if it is, then, then Texas A&M and Alabama and all the big schools who have the big boosters who've done all this already, that's all going to dissolve and the players are going to have to be the players are going to have to be doing the work themselves to, to put together these true NIL deals where they're endorsed by a company and things like that. But Nick Saban also came out a while back that, and, and said that there were like three players on his team that made over a million dollars from NIL deals. And if you don't think that he's using that as a recruiting advantage, if you don't think that he is all, telling it, every single yes. recruit that walks in his office before he hits, before he even hits the button under his desk to close the door, if you don't think that he's telling them about the money that they can make going to the University of Alabama, you are wrong. It's always a recruiting ploy. And um, I'm still stuck on the fact that he is throwing himself into this fire. It doesn't make a lot of sense because right. there's been pr- plenty of accusations yeah. Um, they were one of the first the they were one of the first schools to set up those freaking LLCs. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no idea. But then uh, grandpa, okay, so Jimbo this podcast, so we got to be careful, I guess. <laughs> Jimbo sets up the emergency presser the next morning after the Saban stuff comes out and he basically refers to him he thinks of himself as a god and says and I quote, when you walk on water I guess it just doesn't matter. 
talking about Saban and soliciting money. So, I mean, it was, that was, he thought about that quote all that night long. Been, that one's been all in night. the that back, was in pocket, back pocket for a while. all yes. night long. And he also mentioned that there, you know, he's had opportunities to go back and work for Nick Saban. And because of his questionable Shame. coaching style and recruiting history, there's a reason he hasn't gone back. And I think that, you know, it, it would be pretty easy to find some other coaches who, you know, who would agree and have, have said the same thing. Obviously, he's had a large number of coaches become really successful from his coaching tree. But, I mean, Jimbo Jimbo has his opinions on Nick Saban as a coach and as a mentor before anything else. The SEC, I, I wish they didn't do this but they've canceled media SEC media days, which have been a thing for a while now. I mean, I can't remember the last time they didn't have them. But all I could think of, like, how great would that be? It would have been so good. Oh, my gosh. And it would have turned into, like, an episode of Mari, where they're just, like, the cameras are, like, chasing the coaches through the the lobby of the hotel in Birmingham. It would have been perfect. That would have been incredible. Yeah. Incredible. That brings me to, you know, a question I wanted to ask which is really the basis, the crux of this whole argument. Should players choose schools based on the potential NIL money or uh, the best financial situation? What What are your, I mean, like what, where, think, where are we at now? I think the easy answer to this question is they – should go where they're going to have the best opportunity to go to the NFL and right. the best opportunity but, to go to graduate, go to school and play in the NFL and make a whole lot of money. However, now you add in this piece of the equation to where they can make a whole lot of money right now. And is it risky? Could it, you know, have an impact on their football career if, you know, they choose to go to a school where they're going to have a higher likelihood of getting an NIL deal where they might not have as good of coaching or they might not mesh with the coach as well? Yeah, it's risky. But I think you have to, I think you have to take the potential dollar signs that you could make in college into account now. And definitely, I I think before it was easy to say, oh, no, like, you're going to make lots more money at, at the NFL level, but it tr- these guys truly are making millions of dollars just by putting their face on a on a billboard. As I drive, you know, through Atlanta, Georgia, and there's two, three Georgia football players on a attorney's billboard for something completely unrelated to what they do. I like where you went there. I mean, it, it has to be a consideration now. But what comes into my mind is. If you are a, and and obviously it's easy to look back on it now and think, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But if you are a three-star recruit going to a school where, would you rather be the small fish or just another fish in a big pond at a big school where you're going to get great coaching and probably puts you on a good path to get to the league and play a couple years? Or would you rather go somewhere where the school is probably they don't have a great football program. They have a a very notable or well known school name where you could 
parlay that into more NIL money that you could at the bigger school, right? You, you'd be a bigger fish in a smaller pond and you may earn more money up front. I mean, that's a trade-off. Yeah. I can't, know, yeah. At, at this, and if you go to the smaller school, you might not get as good coaching. You might not get as many looks, you know, to make a team in the league. You know, if you, that's definitely a trade-off that guys are going to have to face now right. where, I mean, if you're making a million dollars after taxes, I mean, that's why, well, I mean, you're roughly making a year's salary for, for rookies in the NFL. I mean, that's, right? what, that's what guys have been making at Alabama for the last couple of years anyway. So, I, But I'm saying there's, there, <laughs> there's some trade-off there where do you – I mean, how much do you value the money, the NIL money, over the education, the development as a, as a football player, and your the the risk reward for going to a whatever school you're going to choose and what they can do to get you into the league. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Like you said, it's definitely a consideration. I mean, it's, it's going to be something, especially now that they've gotten rid of the whole, like just funneling money into the, into the recruits pockets thing. It's, it, it really is going to have to be a consideration that guys are going to have to think about and spend some time just considering before they make a college decision. And I feel like as, as we go forward over the next few years, you'll still see a lot of guys that say, Oh, I'm, you know, I want to go based on the fact that I know I'm going to make a million dollars. But to your point, maybe further down the road, you see, you see that maybe it's not working out like guys want to. And maybe they're only making a couple, you know, maybe they're only making their money now, but they're not, you know, having a shot at making it to the NFL where you'll make even more money after that. Yep. Then you sort of see this shift towards going back to, like you said, where you have the chance to develop and make a really good shot at playing at the next level. So is it time? It's time. I think it's it's time. time. Coming up after this, we will be talking with Reed's teammate, Buffalo Bills quarterback, Josh Allen. We are pumped for it. We hope you are as well. Let's get into it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, today we welcome in uh, the man who needs no introduction, the gunslinger from Fireball High School out in California, and uh, soon to be, looks like he's dressed like it, uh, soon to be professional golfer, maybe once he's done, uh, once he's done on the football field, uh, captain of the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. Josh, thanks for joining us today. Of course. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. We're super excited to have you on. Thanks for taking a few minutes today. There's been a lot of talk, obviously a lot of coverage regarding your recruiting journey and stuff, how you got started playing football, um, you know, small town, going to Wyoming and stuff, lack of college offers, the whole nine yards. The majority of the listeners probably know the backstory. I want to start off a little bit talking about Buffalo since you were drafted here. Uh, it's been your home for uh, four year, you know, four plus years now. You'll obviously be here 
for the foreseeable future. Um, what do you love best about Buffalo and the community uh, that supports us on the Bills? Yeah, I think you, you talk about the community. You talk about people that, that love football, that love their wings, and they love their people. If anybody's ever played here, they understand that the people here are just so nice every year at the start of the year, no matter how good or bad the season prior went, it's our year to win the Super Bowl. And it's the optimism, it's the energy, it's the excitement that they have about Buffalo Bills football. And again, to be be the quarterback and to be, you know, I feel like I'm I'm part of the the mafia, the Bills mafia, and everybody loves loves that about Buffalo. It's the Bills mafia and it really does feel like family here. You walk you walk down the street, you go to dinner. People just want to come up. They want to say hi. They're they're so excited to to see all the Bills players out and about, and they make you feel loved. They really do. And, and the guy coming from a small town, it's got those qualities of of a small town. And I know the metropolitan area of Buffalo's, you know, well over a million people, but uh, it's not super big in the grand scheme of things. You mentioned, you know, coming from a small town. Is there has there been since you've been here in Buffalo? Has there been like a huge influx? Well, not influx, I guess. But has everybody in Fireball turned into Bills fans? Absolutely, absolutely. You, you always see like when American Idol singers or they make make it to the final stage, they come home and they do like a homecoming, and everybody has banners and stuff. Is that is that what it's like when you when you go home for for the off season? Yeah, I haven't really been back to my hometown uh, in a while. I haven't like gone out and I was there this past season, but I never stepped foot in town and actually stayed at the ranch, but it was, it's, it's such a good feeling and they support so well. Um, during our playoff run, it was either last year, or two years ago, they, they all supported, they got banners and down main street of our town. There was Josh Allen banners everywhere. Buffalo bills colored. Like it was, it was really cool to see that. So um, I need to get back there. I need to kind of throw like a just a, a appreciate an appreciation day where I'll, I don't know I'll just feed everybody and just get everybody together because again it is such a small community. You know, a bunch of my my hometown friends, my my some of my best friends I grew up with are still there, and um, it's such a cool community. I wanted to sort of stay on the Buffalo community side of things. What did it mean to you to be able to? participate in the event that your team did at tops last week after the tragedy that happened there? Yeah, honestly, it was uh, like going to the site, seeing some community members down there. Uh, it was tough, you know, by no stretch of the imagination was it, was it a fun day, but a chance for us to kind of be physical in the community and show how much we care and appreciate people here in Buffalo, the people in East Buffalo. It was an emotional day and just knowing that what happened there should never happen. But for us to go out and to be in the community and coach McDermott kind of asked like, who would be willing to do that? And literally everybody, everybody raised their hand, raised their hand. So that, that was such a cool sight to see our guys go there, be helpful, um, wanting to make a difference, serving food to the community and just being around for people that needed to talk, needed a hug, needed a high five, needed just a presence of people from outside of that small, smaller community that cared about them. And finally, you know, it was four or five days after the incident, but there were some smiles, there were some laughs, there was, there was hope. And again, I, I take great pride in knowing that our team has that capability in this community just to, just to be there to brighten people's days. And that kind of goes to hospital visits. It goes to foundation events. 
whatever it is, people are willing to help here. And that's, uh, you know, we're the city of good neighbors for a reason. And it was great to see our team do that for the community. I think a lot of times guys, especially young guys in the league, don't, don't realize the impact that you can have just by being present and being somewhere. Those community service events where you just, you're just there and you're just, you know, you just show up to put a smile on a person's face, like you said, in a hospital setting or something like that. It goes a lot further than a lot of guys realize. So I love that you guys did that. What else? Uh, we know that you're a big, big golfer. Uh, what else did you do to keep busy this off season? A couple months there, it, it, it can get a little dry and it can get a little bit boring. What, what have you done to stay busy? Like you touched on, I played a lot of golf. That's, that's what I like to do. I went to Mexico a couple times. One time with just some friends, Kyle Allen, his girl, his girlfriend, Sam Darnold, Christian Kirk was there with his girlfriend and me and my girlfriend. So that was, that was a cool time where it was just like legit, let loose a little bit, have a good time. We were in Punamita and just, just to get to hang out. And that was pretty early in the off season. So obviously the body's still healing, you know, and just laying by the sun and swimming, golfing, that kind of jazz. So I, then I came back and then I actually for Christmas got my entire family and my girlfriend's family a trip to Mexico again. So we back, went back, actually landed in the same airport, but we were running out this place and it was just the, the, the most unbelievable family vacation you could imagine. And for me to do, be able to do that for my family and, and my girlfriend's family, that one felt pretty good because, you know, my parents were so gracious and they were the best, uh, best parents when I was growing up for me and my, my siblings and, uh, it was just kind of a, a little little thanks to them and to my fa- entire family for being the support system that they are. You mentioned golf. You played a lot of golf this offseason. Obviously, you got a big event coming up here at the beginning of June. We're going to hit on that in a few minutes. But switching gears here a little bit, the schedule came out recently. And we got a few primetime games. Obviously, you know, with Blake doing the podcast, we, we talk about the Dolphins-Bills games a lot throughout, you know, whenever those come up in the season. But uh, we play on Thanksgiving again. This would be our third time, I believe, in four years. You know, we played the late slot last year. We played in Dallas in the afternoon slot. I'm excited we get to go to Detroit this time and be in the early slot. That's always been um, a goal of mine. But how much do you like playing on Thanksgiving? Probably a lot since we've won two games. But how much do you like playing on Thanksgiving? And I need to know – about the turkey legs. What what's the verdict on the turkey legs? I do love Thanksgiving games and like you pointed out, we are two and zero in those games. And I feel like we've had pretty good games, you know, and it just allows us to, especially being in the early slot, now we get home on Thanksgiving and actually yep. we'll have a Thanksgiving dinner. Sure. And then we'll have the weekend to recover from that. So that's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. Two years ago or the Dallas Thanksgiving game, I was talking to the uh, production team. I was, I think it was Tony, I think it might've been Tony Romo and Jim Nance that were calling that game. They were, I had asked them, like it was always a goal of mine to be on Thanksgiving and eat the turkey leg after, and they weren't going to do it. And I was like, please, like if we win this game, like that's all I ask. I just want turkey leg. That turkey leg is actually pretty good. I'll, I'll say that. Okay. Now last year's turkey leg may have been the most dry piece of turkey. Oh no. So I took a That's bite. That's surprising coming from New Orleans. Like they get, they're known for the food. I, I take a bite I and they're asking questions and I'm like chewing and I'm like, I need, I need water or I, I can't. Like they asked a question. I just looked at Dawson and I just sat there chewing for probably another minute. And I was just like, I got to get this down. Like basically four swallowed and 
got to answer a couple more, but I like got to locker room. I was like, no, anybody wants this, you can have it, but you don't want to touch this. Trust me. And I know Dallas Thanksgiving game, you know, I took a bite and I'm going around and everybody's taking bite. All the, I remember Trey, I think Trey White got in on that. Trey White, right. Yeah. 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 That is cool. And, uh, you know, as long as we're eating those turkey legs after the game, that usually means we've won. So hopefully we'll be enjoying another turkey leg after this next year. Sticking on the the schedule, still talk, talking about the, the the upcoming season. When the schedule comes out, obviously everybody looks kind of see you know if they know anybody in each city. You know, excited to you know circle a couple games. I circle the Miami games, obviously, when I get to see Blake uh, throughout the season. Are there any games that you kind of look forward to now, being a couple years in the league that you like? Maybe away games that you like visiting more than others because you know people there or. You know, the California games obviously would be, you know, is going to be special this year going out there sort of back back home, home state. But is there any any others that stick out to you, you know, more than more than others? Obviously, game one, Thursday night, first game of the season. And, you know, I've heard stories of kind of that that feeling, that atmosphere is like a playoff game. You know, it's the the anticipation of the entire season. You know, I think it kind of like it can weigh on you if you if you let it. So. Understanding that, and again, it is a California game. I'll have quite a few people from my hometown there. It's probably about a three-and-a-half, four-hour drive for them. So I know they'll show up pretty good. Other than that, hand to God, I couldn't tell you our schedule or who we play. Like, um, I really haven't looked that far out ahead, and um, I try not to, obviously. I know all of our, our division games, that's that's something we look forward to because obviously we see those teams twice. Who else do we play? We play the AFC North and the NFC North. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Playing Aaron is always fun. Obviously, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And then we'll have this little grudge match, the match, you know, that we'll be able to, you know, hopefully I can hold that ab- uh, above his head when we play him and uh, try to get into his head that way. I'm actually glad you brought that up because that was where we're going to s- switch gears a little bit. You've got obviously the big golf event coming up uh, next week. How did this whole thing come about? I know you played Pebble Beach back in the spring. It's it's no question, no secret that you are a big golfer yourself. So how did how did that come about, and what can we expect from Team Allen slash Mahomes? Well, you can expect us to win. I know we're the underdogs. We're gonna win this thing. You know, it's it's been a grind. My my golf swing has been a grind. I feel like I've changed quite a few things, even in the last week alone. That I think are going to pay dividends here. And I feel like my swing is getting to a point now where I can be proud of it. I'm hitting, hitting the ball really well, but this off season was not fun because I was trying to switch some things. I was obviously watching every video out there on YouTube. I was using a swing coach. And at that point you kind of get into your head and you have all these different swing thoughts now running through your mind right before you're about to hit the ball. And that's not usually how you're supposed to play golf. You know, you got to be free. You got to be fluid. You got to be loose. But I think I'm at to a point right now where Things are feeling good, and if I'm not playing good that day, I will be the best talker on the field, you know, on the course. So, is, you know, does uh, Pat play? Does Pat is Pat pretty good? Are you better than Pat? Yeah, like, how do you yeah, Pat, how do you guys stack up? I don't know. I'd like to say oh, he's okay. great. He plays great. I think that's one thing though that me and Pat have over the old guys. I think they're each going to want to hit the shot. You know, and I don't think Aaron and Tom or Aaron's going to celebrate for Tom all that much. And I don't think Tom's going to celebrate for Aaron all that much. Whereas me and Pat, if one of us hits a big putt, we're going to go nuts. Like, okay, I, I don't care who makes it. As Seems long like as, that would play in your favor. Correct, correct. Because it is, it's 
some sort of match play. Uh, that's how I really don't know all the rules. I know it's 12 holes. I know it's, I think it's a shamble. So we'll take the best drive. And I think we're going to outdrive the old guys quite a bit. I think it's going to come down to putting. And I, I feel, I feel very good with my stroker now. Have you measured your longest drive yet? Uh, I've, I've hit some long ones. Um, Vegas though, they're going to go further because you're up in the desert. It's going to be hot. I wouldn't be surprised if it's upwards of 320, 330. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. So, and I, I know Patrick, <laughs> I know Patrick absolutely smashes the ball. I know, I know he's very aggressive to the ball. So he'll have some long ones too. As long as there's one of them that's playable, that's all that matters. You mentioned it a little bit earlier about the trash talk that will ensue. If you've watched the match before, you know that that's a big part of the game. Who in your career has been a big trash talker on the football side that you've come into contact with? I know Christian Wilkins on my team is a huge trash talker. He got, you got to see that in the mic dump that, that we did back, um, that came out at the end of the year with, with Reed and myself. Who are some, some trash talkers around the league that you like to, to banter with a little bit? Yeah, Christian's one of them. It's weird though. When we see each other off the field, we're very amicable towards each other. I know if that's, that's how he is with everybody, but I, I got respect for him, you know, as a player. He's the one guy that, that'll bring it out of me and like actually get me going and, and I'll start talking back. For, uh, rookie years when I really talk a lot of trash and I've toned it down, you know, I've become more of a looser player. I like more so to have fun with my guys than worry about what everybody else is doing. Miles Jack from the, the Jaguars, he used to talk quite a bit. We played them a couple times. I'm trying to think. We all know Jalen Ramsey. He likes talking or he used to at least. I think he's toned it down a little bit, but there, there's a few guys in the league that. You know, I feel like I've, I've jawed at quite a bit. I think Matthew Judon, my rookie year, we played them. It was actually my first game, and I got hit a little bit out of bounds, and I got up, and we were jawing at each other. But, you know, he's a, he's a patriot now, and, again, a lot of respect for his game and, and how he plays. So I'm sort of off the trash-talking game, at least towards other players. Now, Reed will see me get pretty uh, pretty lively in our practices it's fun. It's fun to watch. It is fun to watch. Usually it's the other way. Usually guys are the other way around. Yeah. I could think like I went to school. Um, I went to college with, uh, Philip Rivers, little brother, Steven. He played at LSU when I was there and, and we would watch a lot of Chargers games and he would always, we would always see these videos, these like mic'd ups of Philip smack talking pretty much everybody on the field. Like usually it's the other way around where guys won't talk their rookie year and then kind of progressively get, you know, yeah, more 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 on field chatter as they as they get into their vet years. I will um, say, I don't start it. I don't start the trash talking. That's but fair. If, if people, start I know talking, Christian does. Blake can attest. Yeah, uh, we've had many uh, talks about Christian yeah. Wilkins. He stole my. He's he's stolen my. He is a towel a couple stealer. times. Yes, he stole mine yesterday in practice. So he there you go. He's he's got some good practice reps at it for sure. So I want to hit on a few, like a, a more on a more serious note, just before we get into some of the, uh, we call them short snaps. They're like quick fire questions and then some fan questions. When you are faced with moments of adversity or moments of high stress out there on the football field between the white lines, what are some things that you tell yourself mentally? to kind of get yourself back on track or focused up for the next play so that you kind of get your mind right? That's actually something I've been working working on. Um, I'm a very negative self-talker because I feel like I, I hold myself to such a higher standard 
that I'm literally out there sometimes cussing at myself. Like, what, what are we doing? Like, and it's just a way like, Hey, I'm better than this. Why, why would I try to force something? Why would I do this? Like, again, I expect that myself. And, you know, as a quarterback, like we have to have that next play mentality. Like we can't let the interception that we threw on last drive affect our next drive going forward and, and the next throw and the next decision. Like we can't let that influence us because that's when you get into some really bad situations. Now I've taken on, the fish method, I think, really in in my entire life, F I S H. I'm sure you can kind of do the math on what the acronym stands for. Um, and again, I, I to a point right now. Like, I, I love I love what I do. I love my life. I love my family. I love my friends around me. I feel like I can't be bothered. If that makes sense. Like, I I know who I am as a person. I know what I want out of my life. And I, I, at the end of the day, I just try to be a good person. And I think that things typically take care of themselves. So yeah, the F F it S happens is uh, a quick little reminder for me, like move on. Don't, don't stress about something that you can't control. You guys just had Von Miller added to the roster, obviously been around the league, been very successful in this league. What have you learned from him so far? Or what are you looking forward to learning from him just from a leadership perspective? Yeah, obviously he's got two, two rings under his belt now. You know, and today is like kind of the first day in OTAs that we've seen him on the field. Like he's an athletic looking sucker. Like he, I didn't think he'd be that athletic looking on the field, but he's long, he's lean, he's quick, he's powerful. Like he's got all the intangibles, obviously. And again, just being able to talk around him, hear him, obviously seeing him coach up some of the younger guys that we have at the DN position. You know, he was, he was very kind of just to himself today. I think he was just trying to get a feel for, who people are and what they do, but I am looking forward to, you know, being able to sit down and talk with him and uh, pick his brain a little bit of how he, you know, how those teams that he was on that won Super Bowls, how they operated. I'm very fortunate and very glad that he chose to, to play here in Buffalo. And, you know, he's got a lot of good years left. This last question is one that I've been looking forward to asking you. Uh, and it'll also be a little bit of a warm up for our short snap fan questions. I saw an article that says that this is the headline. Josh Allen throws up before every game as, as his teammates watch and cheer him on. Can you talk about that a little bit? I, I ran it by Reed earlier and he said, yes, I have, I, I've bared witness to this and apparently it's electric. So I, I, yeah. I want to hear, I want to hear from the, from the guy. Yeah. It's, it's this weird thing. And I, I've never, I haven't always done it, but even going back to college, I got like this weird gaggy sensation when I started playing only games, like not practice, not with anything else on game day. I don't know if it's the air. I don't, I don't know if it's like a subconscious anxiety that I literally don't feel anywhere else except like right where your little, like little uvula spot is. I think that's it, right? Uvula. And the only way that I get rid of the gagginess and like, for some reason, like I'll throw a ball and my thumb will like cramp up like this and then I'll have to like use my other hand to actually get it up, get it out. But ever since I started throwing up, all that stuff disappears. So now it's just like, it's a, it's a thing. Like I, as soon as we get done with pregame warmup as a team, I come inside, go straight to the locker room, bathroom, and there's people right there cheering me on. Like let the demons out, brother, let them out. They, they almost, they know that this is about to happen. So they actually like get a front row seat for it. 
Or is it just there's some guys, whoever's some guys, there? Yeah. Okay. It's usually it's it's kind of right by the defensive there's side a, of the locker room. Okay. There's, like there's a, a couple local. regulars. Yeah. John Feliciano was a regular there. Um, Daryl Williams was a regular. Cody Ford every once in a while. So it's it's a weird sensation that I do, and I, I do it literally every single game. Sometimes it's a lot. Sometimes it's a little bit. And I don't eat before these uh, before these games. So I, I I typically don't throw up a whole bunch, but it, it's got to come out. Love it. Um, thank you for answering that for Blake. He was uh, – yeah, I think that – I think he lost sleep – Last night, for sure. over overthinking sure. if he should ask you that yes. that question. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. So a few short snaps before we let you go. Favorite wing spot in Buffalo, and how many can you eat in one sitting? Oh, so Barbell is going to be my agreed. My number one pick. Um, I feel like that's a unanimous. Yeah, they're they're hot, are extremely hot, and then they also got the honey butter barbecue Cajun. I mean, I if. On a good day, if I'm really trying to go after it, I think 30, 35 wings. But I is will that, is 30, 35 hot or is 30, 35 like no spice at all? The hot takes it down a little bit. I Definitely. think that'd be more so honey butter barbecue. Okay. I, yeah. I can take down a bunch of those. I will throw in one more spot that I've grown extremely fond of their wings. Mulberries. Really? They, their hot wings have such a great flavor. Uh, I don't know if I've ever heard that. Blake, that's an Italian spot. Really? It's up here. Joe yeah. just, uh, my dog just jumped in too. So, hey, um, nice guy. yeah, Mulberry. Okay. All right. Favorite athlete of all time. Favorite athlete of all time. I'm going to stick with the golf and say Tiger Woods. Love He's it. like, there's been two athletes in my life that like my heart beats for them. It was Tiger and Kobe. Uh, one. This was. I think this is Blake's favorite fan question from yesterday this that we got. Top notch. Uh, would you rather fight? One Isaiah McKenzie-sized gorilla, uh, grizzly bear or a Spencer Brown-sized koala bear? A grizzly bear. Isaiah-sized grizzly bear. That'd be <laughs> free to see a koala bear that big. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. And, and I don't have an answer. <laughs> and the, grizzly, the grizzly, though, at that point, it's like fighting a, a big dog, you know? Which I don't know if I'd win, but I think I'd have a better yeah, Better chance. shot than the koala Stack bear. Stack up your chances yeah. better, yeah. What is your dream golf course to play at that you that you haven't that you haven't gone to? That I haven't probably. I'm gonna go TPC Sawgrass in Florida. Have you played I got, Augusta? I have played Augusta. I got what, to play it this year. What was it like? It it was the day after the tournament, so it was Sunday pin placements. I don't know if they cut and mowed or cut and rolled that morning, but the greens were unbelievably fast. Honestly, off the tee. I went back and I played played the players' t- uh, tips about 15 holes. There's not a whole lot of trouble off the tee, but again, it's the it's your wedge game and it's your your chipping and your putting. Like it's that's really all it is. And if you know the course, like Tiger knows it, obviously he can play it a little differently than most guys. You don't have to be overly long there. Now they did move a few back. Hole 11 was a doozy. I went and played that from the back, and I mean it it could be a long par five, and it's a par four, you know. Biggest uh, career hurdle that you've had to face uh, thus far? Anthony Barr. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, answer. not on Great the Minnesota answer. Vikings. <laughs> um, career hurdle that I've had to... Is it learning to throw up? Learning to throw up. That's been the secret okay. weapon. Okay. Um, I guess just, again, being comfortable with who I am as a person, as a player, and trying to be the best leader I can be that way. I think 
I talked about this a little bit today in my post-conference or post-practice conference. I got asked, like, well, how, how did you develop your leadership qualities? I was, honestly, I just I try to be myself, whether I'm telling a joke to Reed Ferguson or Sean McDermott, like, I'm still going to say the punchline the same exact Absolutely. way. And I think guys appreciate that and respect that. And, again, when I'm on the field, winning is all that I care about. So that's, that's what I try to do. Uh, Captain America or Iron Man? Iron Man. Fair. Great answer. Favorite away stadium uh, to play in? Man. Love it. Least favorite? Least favorite? Just, I think, due in fact to the, the elements, like the wind, I think Chicago is a pretty tough place to play. Fair enough. Last question here. Going back to last season, I think it was week five or six, we were playing in Kansas City Sunday night football. We had the long rain delay at halftime. Uh, a couple of us were eating uh, PB&Js in the hallway, and Michelle Tafoya overheard my comment, may have been my comment, may not have been my comment, that the sandwiches had too much uh, peanut butter on them. Are you familiar? Are you familiar? Yes. Okay. What is your ideal? It eventually made like she brought it on the broadcast. Like it made it when she was kind of like trying to fill time. It, it made it on the broadcast anyway. What is your ideal PB and J ratio if you're making your own sandwich? I think it'd be forty peanut butter, sixty jelly. That's a lot of jelly. We we normally get sixty forty the other way around. I like the jelly. That's that's all I got. I I I, I got no comment. Stuff. Plead the, plead the fifth there. Uh, thanks for coming on, Josh. We appreciate it. Thank you know. Thanks again for your time and uh, go go crush it today on the course. Thank you, guys. Go Bills. Appreciate you guys. Well, big thanks to Josh for coming on the pod. We were very excited and looking forward to this interview. You know, we had hyped it up a little bit on social, and we got a lot of a lot of great feedback. So I know a lot of a lot of people on both ends of the spectrum. You know, a lot of, a lot of our listeners are in Buffalo. A lot of our listeners are in Miami as well. I know there was, there was a lot of chatter. People were very excited to hear what Josh had to say. So I think I'll be thinking about the Isaiah McKenzie sized grizzly bear slash Spencer Brown sized koala bear argument for a while. Yeah. And I'm interested to hear some feedback from our listeners on social media as to who they would pick. Would they pick the grizzly bear or would they pick the koala bear? Let us know. Uh, we'll be, we'll be, uh, we're, all, you know, Twitter, you know, you reply to the, when we post it up on Twitter, you can, you can reply to it and we let us know. We will for sure be reminding you to let us know. Very anxious. Also, um, if you want to watch the match. Yes. Talked a lot yes. about that in, yes. uh, in our, our interview with Josh. If you want to watch the match, it will be on TN exclusively on TNT. Wednesday, June 1st, coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern from the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas. I'll probably have the boys over and we'll be, we're going to be locked in. Locked in. Pulling for, pulling for QB1. Yep. Pulling for QB1. Um, so that's, uh, that's a wrap. That is a wrap. That's a wrap. You know Um, where to find Josh Allen on social media. I don't have to tell you what his username is. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Go find Josh. He doesn't post a ton, but he does post sometimes. He's posting cute pictures of his of his dog Sky. So Shout out to his, Sky, his for sil- the, Sky for the Silver Lab. The with us for a little yep. bit. Anyway, you can find us uh, on social, Twitter, Instagram, are both at After the Snap Pod. 
And on TikTok now. And on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. Blake is Blake runs that for us. I um sort of, yeah, sort of run, I accidentally uh, posted, posted one of those there. videos to my personal page, so I'm <laughs> clearly not doing very well That's as okay. the TikTok social media manager for the, for the okay. podcast. But you know where to find us. Uh, obviously, um, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. We would love to read uh, some ratings and reviews. Let us know how we're doing. Always love to uh, read and hear feedback from our listeners. And let us know who else you want to hear yes. from on the pod. Yes. We, uh, we're always got a couple guests. Yep. Got a couple big ones coming on here soon. Obviously, Josh was was a uh, was a great interview, but um, that's a wrap on this week's episode. That's a wrap. This has that's been After the Snap, Tales from Two Brothers Who Live Life Upside Down.